Hello, it's Sarah here, and welcome to the Rise Priestess podcast. This is a podcast for healers and leaders, the potent priestesses, witches, activists, and Aquarians of the world who are here to contribute to the liberation of people and the healing of our planet. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Coxon. I'm an archaeologist turned author, priestess, healer, inner alchemy witch, business strategist, and regenerative guide. I'm here to help you heal from stress and hustle, bring forth your most potent medicine into the world, and increase your capacity to receive everything you need to flourish and thrive. Because your expansion is a gift to the world. I'm so glad to welcome you here, and I'm excited to dive into today's episode. Hey, so this episode is something a little bit different. It's a two-part episode with Lynette Witt of The Spiritual Feminist, where we have a really juicy, lengthy conversation about topics such as self-neglect, reclaiming boundaries, conscious rest, and our mutual love for Portugal. We also share more about our Inner Sovereignty Retreat in July, and to find out more about the retreat and to book your space so that we can hug you in real life, you can hit the link in the show notes. Like I said, this is a two-part episode. Please note that the first part of our conversation is hosted here on the Rise Priestess podcast. And for the second part of the conversation, you'll want to head over to the Spiritual Feminist podcast and catch it over there. But don't worry, I'll remind you at the end of the podcast. Hello. Hi. Here we are. Oh my gosh, I haven't done a podcast interview or like conversation in so long. No, me neither. But I think this is also different because it's kind of less like an interview and more like a catch up. Yeah, a catch up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's record our catch up and share it with the world. <laughs> oh, I am so excited though to, to talk to you about a couple things that we both get really fired up about. And like when we get together and like start talking about these things I don't know something within me just unlocks and it's like I can't stop so we'll see how long we're here for but yeah I'm I'm really excited to um to dive deep with you today and to be able to share that with everyone me too yeah we've got some big topics to discuss yes so I'll start by kind of sharing how I am showing up today because I think it makes sense to do that in in line with what we kind of want to get fired up about. I'm showing up here today with a very strange like first two months of the year. I I guess like three months of like proper winter um, behind me. I am still recovering from exhaustion due to the big C. And it's been so frustrating because every time I'm in like ovulation and I'm like, yes, I love life and let's go. After that, my body is like, well, you kind of went a little too deep (laughs) and now come back. So I have to deal with the fact that every day I just feel more exhausted than I should, basically. And I'm learning to deal with that. So... 
you know, I am trying to give myself as much grace and sort of welcoming energy as I do every client, every sister, my community. Like I always say, even in my yoga classes, show up as you are. You don't need to do anything. There's nothing, you know, that's being expected of you. And I, this has been a couple of months of taking my own medicine. So I'm showing up with that. I'm also showing up with gratitude for the connection that we have and everything that we'll be sharing and just like the medicine that will come from that. And that combination is just, I'm just easing, easing myself into that. I feel, yeah, I feel calm and, and excited. What about you? Thank you for sharing that. And before I share, I just want to really acknowledge and witness you in that and the, all that that brings, the exhaustion, the frustration, the depletion, um, and how you're holding this dual awareness of that and the excitement for Mm. being here and what's to come. And yeah. And I just really honor you for sharing that as well, because I think, well, I can speak for myself personally, I think that when we're in positions of leadership, it's very vulnerable to say, hey, this thing that I help you with, I also really struggle with it too. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because we feel like we need to like have it figured out for others. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, this is something that we can definitely um, go into later, but yeah, that's a whole, whole side topic. Um, Today I'm showing up with more energy. I think a little bit like you actually, the first couple of months, January is nice because I was on honeymoon and I wasn't taking on any client work and I went away and it felt really good. And then February was really full on Mm. and I had a pretty heavy period as well. And uh, I just remember saying a couple of weeks ago, oh my God, it's February and I'm already exhausted fuck (laughs) and Mm. I've had to give myself a lot of time and space in the last week to just come back to myself and I I still find it very difficult to do that but I'm coming here today feeling more regenerated and feeling more energetic and my period is finished so I'm getting the surge of the luteal phase not luteal phase yeah luteal phase no yeah follicular follicular phase that's the one um so yeah I'm I'm feeling that surge coming and it's a relief because very often when I'm in the um the descent I forget that the surge can ever happen again it's almost like this is it for now and then I start spiraling and panicking because we live in a culture that um that doesn't hold space for our descent and yeah you know it's like it's not built into the fabric of our society to allow ourselves those periods where we're just feeling absolutely exhausted and don't want to be productive. So I'm feeling grateful for the for the surge. The surge is back, and I'm also grateful to be looking at your face because I love you. Mm. <laughs> and I'm excited. Mm. Okay. Yeah, well, holding me. holding space also for what what you shared, and we can all then maybe get get a little slice of your follicular face energy. <laughs> I know that luteal me loves loves that so we can bounce off of each other I think also you already just really mentioned all the little or not little but like all the things that that we can definitely dive into you know you mentioned productivity and like just you know the non-linearity of our journey and like how our energy works so all of this to say that you know at some point last year we found ourselves talking about this stuff and in particular like 
the lack of nourishment that so many of us feel like where do we even start where we when we want to explore you know our inner work and I think that so many of us come to our spiritual journey so fucking depleted yeah and it's like then we expect ourselves to sometimes even be productive in the inner work or you know whatever that means and it's like there's just so much that is demanding our attention and then even in like you know the more spiritual or self self-work self-awareness corners and, and I think we're both just so over that <laughs> it's like well how do we rest how do we nourish how do we restore how do we regenerate how do we come actually come back to ourselves and what does that even look like because we don't know we're not taught that so there's just so much there that we feel quite rebellious about don't we yeah, I think the the key theme of nourishment, I think that it's also, it's coming up a lot for me, it's coming up a lot for you, and it's coming up for a lot of the, the women, predominantly women that I work with. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, um, I think it's a sign of the times, you know, like, we are post-COVID, we are experiencing rising living costs we're experiencing wars recessions all of these things and I just feel like our collective capacity which was already like it's just showing like all this stuff is coming up and it's just showing how we don't actually have as much capacity and resilience like as we could and it's because we've been running on fumes for so long and then all this shit happens and we're just like, I'm done. Like I've lost count of the amount of times that I've heard other people just go, do you know what? I'm just done with all of this right now. Um, so I think that that's also playing a big part in this realization of like, wow, like I can't keep going mm. at the pace that I'm that I'm supposed to go at. And it just feels like more people are having these kinds of conversations um and when I think of like nourishment because I'm you know I'm trauma trained and I'm somatic practitioner so I'm always thinking of the developmental roots of why we don't uh, why why we get depleted in the first place what are the mechanisms the behaviors that we're in involved in that we learn um or or adapt have as adaptive strategies in order to yeah that we learn basically and for so many people but women in particular it's just not even acknowledging that we have needs like Mm. not even recognizing that we have needs and so if you don't even recognize that you have needs how can you possibly even begin to get your needs met? And if you don't get your needs met, that's where the depletion creeps in. 100%. So something that, you know, I think is really important if we want to counteract and counterbalance the, the depletion that we're all feeling is to really learn to build a connection with our bodies and recognize the the signals that our bodies are giving us in every single moment that's an ongoing journey and it means also going against what we how society is even organized how this the systems are even organized um you know one of the things that i love about entrepreneurship i mean there's a lot of downsides to entrepreneurship as well but one of the things i love about like having my own business is 
if I allow myself and if I'm brave enough and if I trust enough, then I can theoretically listen to the wisdom of my body. So if my body wants to rest, I can do that. If my body wants to go and play tennis or in the sun, I can do that. The issue is that I don't always do that. Mm. And just because we can doesn't mean that we do. Mm. And very often, like what I've come to realize in those moments where I don't do that is because I'm operating from fear. Fear Mm. that if I don't keep it all together, if I'm not doing all these things, if I'm not taking care of everyone, then it's all going to crumble down around me and that everything is on me and I need to do everything and I need to do it now in order not just for myself to be safe, but for my clients to be safe, for my family to be safe. And so that's, yeah, I just kind of share that as my own personal struggle around why nourishment can feel so hard is because there's this, um, yeah, this underlying fear or underlying belief that everything is on me and I have to look after everyone. And I've been working with um, a wonderful coach, Rachel Maddox, around these very topics, around responsibility and boundaries and sovereignty and nourishment. And it's now infiltrating into my own work. But I will say that it's an ongoing practice because we are bombarded with messages all the time about who we should be and what we should be doing. And it is so hard to rebel oh my gosh totally thank you for sharing that and I think I I can relate to this so deeply I think so many others um can relate to this so deeply as well and I it made me think what you just shared made me think of I listened to a podcast the other day and it was talking about second wave feminism this is 60s Mm -hmm. 70s right um and somebody asked Gloria Steinem, who, you know, is this 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 huge name for second wave feminism. Um, somebody asked her, how can I do it all? Why do I need to do it all? Because second wave feminism basically was about fighting for women's rights to work, mm-hmm. right? But then nobody took into account that these women who are now starting to have nine to five jobs or, you know, have are becoming working people which is incredible in itself. You know, there's so many good things about second wave feminism. And then there's like the downside is that nobody took into account that these women were still expected to then also continue the role of family caretaker and everything that includes, you know, in in that. And I think that that question of like, why, why do I, how do I do it all? But also why do I you know need to do it all it was really that question around like I don't think I want to do it all and it just I know it just like made me think about as important as all of these amazing waves of feminism are my feminism is also what is truly the sacred rebellion of our time here you know we we get to work with and build on what the women before us created and this and you know the sacrifices that they made Mm -hmm. I honor that so deeply but how can we honor that we can honor that by not depleting ourselves and working ourselves into the ground just because we can and we now you know must it's okay well it comes with certain privileges that we're now growing up in you know 2023 that we're now living in this age where actually we can create 
our own rhythms. We can create our own work or we can create our own balance in that way. And again, I say that with a privilege that I have now, I have that choice. And that is, you know, partially because I worked hard for that and partially because I've grown up with certain privileges as well. And not everybody in 2023 will enjoy that. And I I see that. But I think that we do get to build on what was previously believed and that we can then also maybe sometimes stare away from that a little bit being like, well, that was, that was then. And sure. I love to work. I love, but I also love to, you know, not work and rest and restore and find balance in, in ways that, that mean a lot to me. So part of that sacred rebellion is, okay, well then how does that balance look like for me? Like if I'm not, if I don't have to do it all, what do I want to do? What actually nourishes me? And I think what what you also said around having your needs met, I think so much of the quest or fight for liberation and equality and equity and, and, and you name it is about putting putting that larger goal before maybe your own needs. And this is like sort of a returning back to, okay, what do I need because and this is something that Elizabeth Gilbert once said and I will never forget it the most dangerous woman is a relaxed woman and I think we can add well rested to that Mm -hmm. where it's like the most dangerous woman is a well rested woman because what she's able to accomplish like at her own terms right again this is not about productivity but like what is she what she is able to accomplish and the dreams that then come pouring out of her because she has that space and she has that connection to herself I think we need a whole lot more of that in a world that is so fucking triggering and depleting and uncertain yeah oh I love all of that I love what you're saying and I think that it's really I love how you linked it back to second wave feminism as well like that's what probably wasn't realized back then that is realized now is that we live in a patriarchal colonial capitalist society where the dominant themes are extraction and exploitation of the feminine mm-hmm. and that's in we see that in nature with how we're just extracting the shit out of mother earth and mm-hmm. look at what that's causing and not really honoring her limits and her boundaries. And then it's the same for women as well. Like women, yes, are now like in the workforce and workplace, but still like our economic model is based on the exploitation of women because they are being unpaid laborers raising the workforce and taking Mm -hmm. care of the home and everything. On in general, like it is changing. Great. Like my husband is fantastic. He does more than previous partners ever did. But I it's not just, I don't think it's just about the physical labor as well. There's emotional labor that we do a lot better than most guys that I know. And of course, I'm wildly generalizing here, and there'll be people that that disagree with me and say that I'm generalizing but this is my experience anyway Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then like it like because most of the women in my lives are bigger picture people 
like they're they're able they like they hold the space so they they hold space more than yeah some of the dudes in my life so my point is that yeah like second wave feminism didn't factor this in it didn't have an awareness and understanding of this and now we can see like oh we live in a we we do live in this dominator culture that massively extracts and exploits the feminine and what's even worse is it's conditioned us to do it ourselves so we self-extract and we self-exploit and that's how we feel that's how we create safe feelings of safety Mm. if we feel that we are being productive and we're doing all the right things and you know we are um yeah we're doing what we're supposed to do we're taking care of everyone that's how we feel safe so to ask the question like what do i need what are my needs and then putting them in front of everything else is really quite fucking terrifying oh my gosh (laughs) and that's why i believe that we need we all need spaces in which we can take the time to do this whether it's like hanging out with friends and really pondering these questions whether it's working with therapists and coaches who are well versed in this kind of work whether it's um going on retreat we'll be speaking more about our retreat later you know it's it's not something that comes necessarily easily to us. And I think we actually have to, part of the rebellion is to actually carve out time and space. Mm. So something that I have been doing myself now is like, I am taking off, like I took January off and I'm probably gonna take August off as well. Like really taking chunks of time off to come back into balance because what's something I've recognized for myself is that um you know snatching an hour here and there or even taking a day off here and there is great but it doesn't allow me to fully kind of um disengage from what I'm supposed to be doing or like you know mm-hmm. making sure that I'm you know I, I haven't like mentally unhooked from things yeah does that make sense yeah so does. like <laughs> Sorry, I've got I've got a frog in my throat. Um, so yeah, like what I notice is that I need longer periods of time. Like I need chunks of time where I literally take myself out of my life for a bit or my normal life, um, to rebalance. So I, yeah, that I, I don't know where I was going with that, but train of thought. <laughs> no, I I see you in this, and I I agree, and I think that there are so many different ways you can approach this because I'm sure that some people may even find what we're saying triggering because it's like you know Mm. honestly if I think back on like maybe five or six years ago self like my six years ago self if you will um if I would have heard somebody say like I'm going to take August off I would have been like fuck that I cannot do that I'm in a nine-to-five yeah I'm I'm stuck and I would get like you know either jealous or frustrated or like angry because it's like well I'm not in that position and 
I I, I want to honor that too. And I think that's that what you said as well, the starting point is literally being with the question, what do I need? And I think too, because it's so triggering because we need to become still in order to hear our body and heart tell us that. Because from our mind, we might think, well, I need to finish. Sarah knows this because she's been my coach for quite a few years. <laughs> but I am so good at to-do lists. And then at some point you told me, uh, this is already like, this must've been 2019. I don't know, but either way, at some point you told me what would happen if you would just like delete the to-do list off of your phone. And I remember just sitting there being like, I can't do that. That's not an option. (laughs) Fuck you, you don't understand. (laughs) But it it was this attachment to productivity, right? Whereas actually what I needed, and you saw that sooner than I did, what I needed was to just rest that day. And like, mm-hmm. even just the rebellious act of being like, I'm just going to delete my to-do list. I'm going to give up a sense of that control that I have over the tasks that I feel like I need to do. Like all of this was very mind-based, right? Like I need to do X, Y, and Z today so that I can grow until like this, this, and this tomorrow. And like, yeah, all of that is very mind-based um which I have a great tendency towards because you know I do suffer from chronic anxiety so it's like that is my like that's my default and if I'm depleted that's your that's your regulation mechanism exactly exactly and that's what I think keeps me safe but actually what it does it triggers the fuck out of my body it triggers the fuck out of my heart and I'm just on a constant like fight or flight Um, and you know, that all spirals into feeling more depleted and feeling more disconnected for myself. So of course, you know, if, if any of this resonates, um, with, with you listening, um, of course it's then going to feel super triggering to get still and to maybe, you know, delete that metaphorical to-do list off your phone, so to say, and to be like, I'm just going to switch up and I'm going to listen to what actually my body and my heart are telling me. Of course that is triggering because it's the one thing that we disconnect from, to think that we're still, you know, safe and, and yeah. And so I really, I, I really journey with this, um, in, in, in many different ways, um, still do, but I think what you mentioned around having a more extended period of time to actually lean deeply into your body and heart and to lean deeply into into yourself that brings you back because that's kind of that stillness that I was talking about Mm -hmm. if we it's kind of the same when you start like doing maybe meditation or yoga and you expect yourself within like 10 minutes of sitting still you expect yourself to like see the light and it's like it always reminds me me. like it's there no (laughs) right it always reminds me of um of eat pray love and especially the film where she's just gonna like sit down in the ashram and she's like well heal me now and like she just she feels so triggered by the fact that you know she feels like half an hour has passed in that meditation and it's literally like a minute that's often like you know the trap in that way of like okay I'm now gonna relax like I have an hour from 7 to 8 p.m or whatever and now I'm gonna relax and it's like well is that also not from the mind like what do you actually need to drop into the into the into the body into the heart what allows you to truly do that and I think that a big piece of that is time yes and a big piece of that is space I think both are you know one and the same and then also not yeah so 
I totally agree with you on this. And I've, I've seen it time and time again. Um, and this actually, fun fact, and then I'll stop rambling on. But this actually was one of the reasons that moving from my women's circles, because I used to organize like in-person women's circles for quite a few years. And it was amazing. And I, I love the concept. I love, you know, my my sort of mission with it bringing women together in a safe space. But I realized at some point there was a sort of disconnect happening at some point. And I was like, what, what is it? I was like curiously kind of exploring and musing on that. And I found that, you know, I would host a women's circle for like two, three hours. It was like a, a mini workshop time frame. And then, it's, you know, I, I noticed that after those two, two and a half hours, women started to relax because of course at first, you know, you step into a room, you're like, I don't know these people. Is this safe? Like, who is the facilitator? Like, what are we going to talk about? What are we actually going to do? You know, there's so much there. Like, can I trust these women? There's, there's a lot of hesitancy and, 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 um, uh, just, just general anticipation. I suppose. I don't know. Um, but there's a lot for people to come into that space. And then I noticed that after two hours, women started to relax because they were like, oh, it's safe here. Facilitator mm. knows what she's doing, or at least it looked like that, right? <laughs> and like, you did. I did. <laughs> um, but like, and, and and the women, you know, there there were some like, there was common ground that was found and like just things like that. And women started to relax, but then, you know, it was like, well, time for like our tea break. And then I would say goodbye to them. So it's like, I just noticed that something was happening that was that was amazing and then something was lacking and I think a lot of that had to do with time and space and allowing ourselves these bigger moments and this is really what moved me into starting to host retreats because I knew mm -hmm. that that would be then the key to find deeper nourishment find deeper healing find deeper relaxation also in terms of how how you're allowing yourself to have space held for you because that's like yeah. that's a whole like foreign thing right so that's a little bit about my, yeah, my, my journey or like my, my passion and my mission around this, my motivator, if you will. I love that. You're so right as well. You know, having facilitated quite a few retreats now, there is like, you know, you notice that there's the first day or two where mm. it's like the drop-in hasn't quite happened yet. And then by about like day three, no, usually there's like maybe you notice that last last year's retreat there's like an energetic drop in totally. where like suddenly everyone you can see they're starting to become more in tune with themselves and I think that like the, I love what you're saying about time and spaciousness because we don't give ourselves that mm. and it's like it's really yeah it's really what it's really what we need it's really what we need is space held for us you know I believe, actually, I read, I think it, oh, who was it? Oh, I don't know. I'm so sorry. I can't um, credit who said it. But I read that the best healing uh, resource we can give ourselves a time and space and rest. Mm. That's it. And the reason why we need to work with coaches and therapists and all this stuff is because we live in a culture where we don't feel that we can give ourselves ample time and, and space to rest so I think one of the reasons why 
hosting a retreat is so special is because it create like it creates that that mm. container it creates that like spaciousness and time um to yeah to sink in and to release and to renew and to restore and to regenerate and i mean obviously we're talking about the retreat because the whole point of us having this conversation is to tell you guys more about our retreat but it's you know even if you never think like even if you're not thinking about joining us on this retreat how can you create your own retreat yeah. that's that that's the question to like there's a really really important point that we're making here which is that then there are ways even if you're in a nine to five job even if you have kids there are ways and your brain will be going no they're not there are ways in which you can create retreats for yourself a retreat and, for yourself yes totally and bouncing off of what you just said as well um i think this is really important you don't have to come up with that do that by yourself so you yeah. can do it yourself mm -hmm. um but there are so many people now diving deeper into either becoming a space holder or exploring what that means or like there's so much out there and i would say even making it like really really accessible for everyone listening even if you cannot leave your house or you know even if you're not you know able to to move your body or in any way like there's so much guidance online that you know start small that you can lean into because I this is also something that I also notice very often with my mentoring clients it's not that they I mean they hold all the wisdom I'm not like there to, you know as some sort of sage telling them what to do and what's right but often they're like well I love what we're journeying back to I love this deep connection now that I have with my heart or my body but like how do I continue doing that and then I you know record like a five minute guided practice for them and that is you know and that is very little about me or or what I do but it's about allowing themselves to be guided and not having to come up with everything yourself not not expecting yourself to then also you know especially if you're depleted like fucking hell the last thing you want to do is like guide yourself through through some sort of practice or like you know expect from yourself anything like release the expectation and use what's out there use the access that you do have to yeah. be held and there's so much out there for that yes I love that and I think it speaks to what pops up as you're saying that it speaks to like worthiness and feeling worthy of somebody actually looking after you and holding space holy for shit you. that is so fucking difficult it is like I have lost the count of how many clients have come to work with me who said like I've been resisting this for a while because I thought I should be able to do this all myself and I don't need help right and it's the same with people who join me on retreat I this is the first time I've booked a retreat for myself because I didn't think I was worthy I thought it was a waste of money mm. you know because I'm it's just a retreat for myself. Like I should be using that money for my kids or for, you know, my retirement or whatever, you know? And it's like, it breaks my heart how people are so much more likely to invest in like things that make them productive, you know, whether it's like, I'll invest in a yoga teacher training or I'll invest in like, um, you know, a coach training or a business program because they're going to be like, 
I know I'm going to get something out of this and I can be productive with it. Like Very masculine. Super, yeah, super masculine, if you like. But then the, oh, I'm just, I'm going to invest in a retreat for me or I'm going to like invest in a space holder that's going to let me, you know, that's going to hold me as I allow things to come out and through me there's more of a resistance to doing that because we've been so conditioned that we need to be, there needs to be a return on investment. You need, like, but there is a return on investment. And one of my amazing permaculture teachers, Pedro said to me, he said, society, our society does not value the intangible, but the intangible is where all the medicine and magic is. Thanks for listening to the first part of our conversation. You can catch the second part over on the Spiritual Feminist podcast. You can search for it now. In this second part of the episode, we discuss moving from saviorism to sovereignty and why it's scheduling in longer periods of rest that ironically is the secret to more productivity. We also talk about why Portugal is just so darn magical, as well as giving a few more details about our upcoming Inner Sovereignty Retreat, which you can find out all about by clicking the link in the show notes. So please remember that the second part of this conversation is over on the Spiritual Feminist Podcast. I'll see you over there. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rise Priestess podcast. And I'd love to invite you to consider perhaps sharing this episode on your social media stories to spread the word. There is way more goodness where this came from. If you'd like to go deeper with my work and receive free exclusive monthly inspiration, contemplations and practices that I don't share anywhere else, then you can sign up for the Regenerate newsletter by heading over to drsarahcoxon.com and following the link. See you over there and thanks for tuning in.